0: Chapter twelve of the Diamond Master by Jacques Futrel This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Chapter twelve The Third Degree Some years ago a famous head of the police department clearly demonstrated the superiority of a knockout blow frequently administered as against moral suasion, and from that moment the third degree became an institution. Whatever sort of criticism may be made of the third degree, it is nevertheless amazingly effective, and, beyond that, affords infinite satisfaction to the administrator. There is a certain vicious delight in brutally smashing a sullen, helpless prisoner in the face, and the third degree is not officially in existence. Red Haney was submitted to the third degree. His argument that he found the diamonds, and that having found them they were his until the proper owner appeared, was futile. Ten minutes after having passed into a room where sat Chief Arkwright of the Mulberry Street Force and three of his men, and Mr. Burns of the Burns Detective Agency, Haney remembered that he hadn't found the diamonds at all. Somebody had given them to him. "'Who gave them to you?' demanded the chief. "'I don't know the guy's name, boss,' Haney replied humbly. "'This is to remind you of it.' Haney found himself sprawled on the floor, and looking up, with a pleading, piteous expression. His eyes were still red and bleary, his mottled face shot with purple, and the fumes of the liquor still clouded his brain. The chief stood above him with a clenched fist. "'On the level, boss, I don't know,' he whined. "'Get up,' commanded the chief. Haney struggled to his feet and dropped into his chair. "'What's he look like, this man who gave them to you? "'Where did you meet him? "'Why did he give them to you?' "'Now, boss, I'm going to give you the straight goods,' Haney pleaded. "'Don't hit me any more, and I'll tell you all I know about it.' The chief sat down again with scowling face. Haney drew a long breath of relief. "'He's a little skinny feller, boss,' the prisoner went on to explain, the while he thoughtfully caressed his jaw. "'I meets him out here in a little town called Willow Creek, me havin' swung off the freight there to get somethin' to eat.' "'Just got a couple of handouts, and he passes one to me, and we gets to talkin'. "'He gets to tellin' me somethin' about a nutty old gazebo who lives in the next town, "'which he had just left. "'This old bazoo, he says he has a hat full of diamonds up there, "'but they ain't polished or nothin'. and he's there by hisself, "'and is old and simple, and it's findin' money, he says, "'to go over and take em away from him. "'He reckoned there must be a thousand dollars worth altogether.' "'Well, he puts the proposition to me,' Haney continues, circumstantially, "'and I falls for it. "'We're to go over, and I'm to pipe it all off to see it's all right, "'then I'm to sort of hang around and keep watch "'while he goes in and gives the old nut a gentle tap on the cocoa "'and cops the sparks. "'That's what we done. "'I goes up and takes a few looks around, "'then I whistles and he appears from the back "'and goes up to the kitchen for a handout. The old guy opens the door, and he goes in. About a minute later he comes out, and gives me a handful of little rocks, them I had, and we go away. He catches a freight going west, and I swings one for Jersey City. When was this? demanded Chief Arkwright. What's today? Haney asked in turn. This is Sunday morning. Well it was yesterday morning sometime, Saturday. "'When I gets to Jersey, I take one of the little rocks "'and goes into a place, shows it to the barkeep. "'He gives me a lot of booze for it, "'and I guess I gets considerable lit up, "'and he also gives me some money to pay ferry fare, "'and the next thing I knows, I'm nabbed over in the hawk shop. "'I guess I was lit up good, "'cause if I'd a been right, "'I wouldn't a went to a hawk shop and got pinched.' "'He glanced around at the five other men in the room.' "'and he read belief in each face, "'whereupon he drew a breath of relief. "'What town was it?' asked the chief. "'Little place named Coaldale.' "'Coaldale,' the chief repeated thoughtfully. "'Where is that?' "'About forty or fifty miles out in Jersey,' says Haney. "'I know the place,' remarked Mr. Burns. "'Are you sure, Haney?' said the chief, after a pause. "'You are sure you don't know the other man's name?' "'I don't know it, boss.' "'Who was the man you robbed?' "'I don't know.' The chief arose quickly, and the prisoner cringed in his seat. "'I don't know,' he went on protestingly. "'Don't hit me again.' But the chief had no such intention. It was merely to walk back and forth across the room. "'What kind of a man was he? A tramp?' Haney faltered and thoughtfully pulled his under lip. The cunning brain behind the bleary eyes was working now. "'I wouldn't call him a tramp,' he said evasively. He had on collar and cuffs and good clothes and talked sort of easy. Little skinny man, you said? What color was his hair?' The chief turned in his tracks and regarded Haney with keen, inquiring eyes. The prisoner withstood the scrutiny bravely. "'Sort of blackish, brownish hair?' "'Black, you mean?' Well. "'Yes, black. "'And his eyes? "'Black eyes, little and round like gimlet holes. "'Heavy eyebrows, I suppose?' "'Yes,' Haney agreed readily. "'They sort of stuck out. "'And his nose? "'Big or little, heavy or thin?' "'Haney considered that thoughtfully for a moment "'before he answered, then, "'Sort of medium nose, boss, with a point on it. "'And a thin face, naturally.' How much did he weigh? Oh, he was a little feller, skinny, you know. I reckon he didn't weigh more than a hundred, twenty-five, or thirty. Some germ had been born in the fertile mind of Mr. Burns. Now it burst into maturity. He leaned forward in his chair and stared coldly at Haney. Perhaps, he suggested slowly, perhaps he had a scar on his face. Haney returned the gaze dully for an instant. Then suddenly he nodded his head. "'Yes, a scar,' he said. "'From here?' Mr. Burns placed one finger on the point of his chin and drew it across his right jaw. "'Yes, a scar, that's it,' the prisoner acquiesced, from his chin almost around his ear. Mr. Burns came to his feet while the official police stared. The chief sat down again and crossed his fat legs. "'Why, what do you know, Burns?' he queried. "'I know the—man, chief,' the detective burst out confidently. "'I'd gamble my head on it. I knew it. I knew it,' he told himself. Again he faced the tramp. "'Haney, do you know how much the diamonds you had were worth?' "'Must have been three or four hundred dollars.' "'Something like fifty thousand dollars,' Mr. Burns informed him impressively. And if you got $50,000 for your share, the other man got a million. Haney only stared. End of chapter 12